Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sarah, you're going to be so proud of me. I've started going to the gym. Have you really? Serena, I am very impressed. Please, can you give me some tips? Because I've been finding it so hard to get up in the morning if I'm not teaching, especially now it's really cold and dark outside. I just want to stay in bed. My sneaky little secret is that I treated myself to some sweaty Betty power leggings. Have you tried them yet? Do you know what? I actually have. I've been wearing them for my yoga practice and I have to say they have been making me feel bloody great. They're high-waisted, so everything is just really tucked in. And if you're really supported by them, I could not recommend them enough. They're amazing, aren't they? They feel literally like a second skin. So I just jump out of bed, slip straight into them, and pop off to the gym feeling super confident and comfy. Sweaty Betty are kindly letting Kitchen Club listeners in on my early morning secret and offering you 20% off to spend online. All you have to do is simply enter the code Kitchen Club at the checkout and we can all try and motivate each other on these darker mornings with the help of our Sweaty Betty clothes. Thank you so much, Sweaty Betty. Thanks, Sweaty Betty. And see you all in the gym in your power legs. Welcome back to Kitchen Club with me, Sarah Malcolm and Serena Lauf. For any newbies, Kitchen Club is the weekly podcast that brings you conversations from our kitchen table. Each week, we are joined by a new guest who come along to share their area of expertise with us. And we cook them a special meal based on their three favorite ingredients. We also ask our guests to share their healthy habit, which is something that enhances their physical, mental, emotional well-being, which we then have a lovely chat about and try it out. In this episode, we're speaking to Natalie Glaze. Natalie is a blogger, social media whiz, and the co-founder of Stay Wild Swim, a sustainable clothing brand who makes swimwear from regenerated ocean plastic. And she's an all-round lovely human being. We talked to Natalie about the challenges of starting a business, how to prevent burnout, and why reading plays such an important role in maintaining a work-life balance. We recorded at Serena's house on a very rare sunny day in autumn, and you'll probably hear Serena's little puppy, Indy, padding around in the background. She was jumping on our laps. It was the cutest thing ever. Natalie's favorite ingredients that she wanted us to cook with were olives, hummus, and chocolate. She gave us those ingredients whilst in Ibiza. So I think a lovely summer recipe was on her mind. Um, and Serena did a really great job of that. It was delicious. 
So if you like the recipe, if you want to see what we cooked, you can head over to Instagram to at Kitchen Club Podcast. And please keep rating and subscribing as it keeps us doing what we're doing and we're really loving it. It's super helpful for you to share with your friends and help us get the word out. Now over to Natalie Glaze on Kitchen Club. Hi, Natalie. Hi. Thank you so much for coming today. Oh, thank you for having me. What a dreamy situation. How are you? I am really good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, now I've eaten some food and got coffee in front of me. <laughs> I am living my best life right now. Yay! <laughs> Serena's just made us the frothiest coffees. Oh, so what milk did you use, Serena? I use a combo of Oatly Barista and Rude Health Hazelnut. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Always Oatly Barista. Swear it's so by good. It. And we've got Serena's little puppy, Indy, keeping us company right yeah. now. She's padding around. She's so cute, but she's like, I'll be talking and then I'm just going to be distracted by the cute little face. She's going to be noisier, I think. We need her to go to sleep. So we've just sat down, had a very yummy lunch, haven't we? Mm, it was so tasty. I remember when you were messaging me like, what's your three ingredients? And I was just like... Olives, hummus, and what they say, chocolate and gin. Yeah. <laughs> just add like, gin on there. See what they do with that. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really yeah. tasty. So Natalie's ingredients were hummus, olives, chocolate. And what did we just eat? Serena, tell us. We had quinoa tabbouleh. We had a Kalamata olive tapenade. Hummus with paprika and pine nuts and some wholemeal pitta. Mm. And it was one of the best hummuses I've ever eaten, I would say. Thank I don't know what you, you did to it. It was like magic. It was just so smooth and... Mm. It was very silky. It's the power of the Vitamix. And then in the fridge, there is some chocolate and raisin fudge. Oh. But like, health, like healthy fudge. Like oh. date, date and cacao butter vibe fudge. Yum. I'm, I'm so down. Yay! Yeah. Well, I hope it's nice. <laughs> Why did you pick those ingredients, Natalie? Some interest? They are actually probably my favourite things to eat. Like, I could live off hummus and pitta all the time and olives and I eat chocolate every day and it was one of those ones where when you messaged me I was just like I don't even think about it just write, write whatever comes into your head and yeah that was what we'd had I was with um, my friend Lottie and we were in Ibiza and the night before we'd had loads of hummus and pitta mm. and I think it was maybe it was on my brain mm. it's so that just, hummus yeah. and pitta are the ingredients that actually I don't have them in my fridge at the moment but growing up they were always yeah. something you get home from school and you have yeah, hummus and pitta yeah, yeah. All of my friends would be like, what should we eat? Hummus and pitta. I'd get through a whole bag of pitta. Yeah, I don't know what it is about pitta, but I could just eat so many. Yeah. And they are so good. But yeah, it was delicious. And what are we drinking, Sarah? We're also, so accompanying our coffees, we have been sent some lovely citrus hops kombucha from LA Brewery, who are lovely and Suffolk-based. Um, so yeah, thanks, guys. Thank I'm you. i sip on that. You might hear them cracking us open. Cracking us open. <laughs> You might hear us cracking them open. Popping corks in the background. It's like my dream situation, basically, 10 drinks. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today and where you are today? Yeah. And, yeah. Backstory. Yeah, a little backstory. Yeah, sure. As, like, a a one-liner, what I do is... So, I'm the co-founder of a sustainable swimwear brand called Stay Wild Swim. I run my own Instagram and kind of talk a lot about business, life... Just bits and bobs, you know, and I've been doing that for a few years prior. But a bit of backstory to that is I um, I went to uni, did media and communication, left, went and worked in media agencies, was there for about two years, set up a blog because I actually hated my job. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I need to leave. Um, and in my head, I had this like 
I want to be a fashion journalist. So I thought if I set up a blog, it can be like my online CV. I talked a lot about all sorts, fitness, food, bit of everything. Um, and then I just started randomly working with brands. It was never really an intention. Um, I think I was quite lucky. It got in front of a few of the right people. And I kind of went from there. Then I went freelance. I'm a bit of a like jack of all trades. I do a bit of everything. So I went freelance, was doing freelance PR, freelance social media, And then I kind of kept up the media side of things. And then Instagram became more of a thing. um, And I started, like, earning money from it. It became part of my career, I kind Mm -hmm. of would guess you would say, without sounding like, oh, my God, I'm on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people shy away from saying that. Yeah, but but content creator or whatever you call it. So I was doing that. And then about... Oh, it's a year ago. A year ago, because we turned one. So a year ago in October, we launched, me and my business partner, Zana, we launched um, a sustainable swimmer brand called Stay Wild Swim. And since then, I feel like uh, my life has been a bit of a blur. And uh, I don't really remember what's happened the last year. I haven't really slept. <laughs> no. Um, so Happy I kind birthday. of did it. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. I can't believe we're one. It's crazy, because it was never really, I mean, I'm sure we'll get onto this later, but it was never really a... We never really decided, okay, let's start a brand. It just kind of happened and snowballed. And before we knew it, we had a brand. And then your life just basically changes completely. So it's been a really interesting year of like balancing everything I do from my own Instagram and business on that side, doing consultancy, running a business, which is like a 24-7 kind of... It's really hard when people say, what do you do? I'm like, oh, God, where's to start? Like, I feel like there's so many different strings to what I do for me, like side hustles or whatever. Um, often it depends on who I'm with. If it's, like, someone who's a lot older and it's, like, a grandma at a wedding who I'm never going to see again, I'm like, I work in marketing. <laughs> and then oh, it's, like, sustainable swimwear. And so it's, yeah, I kind of do a bit of everything, I yeah. say. Yeah, it is definitely a generation, our generation thing to yeah. tell people what we do. Yeah, because lots of people don't understand it. Like, especially even when we started the swimwear brand, people were like, so you launched a brand on Instagram? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, do you have any background? And you're like, no. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you, you didn't do fashion at uni? I'm like, no, I'm making it up. I have no idea what I'm doing. And everyone just, ass- I think it is a generation thing that before you go, you train in whatever you're going to be, you sit in your office and... Um, which is which is fine and great, but I think we're a lot more as a generation just like, oh, let's just give it a go mm. or let's have like 10 jobs at a time. Like most of my friends run 15 different things and it's like the side hustle generation. Yeah. I think that's my, my boss, I don't know, I keep saying it. I, mean, I need to stop saying side hustle, but I'm like, <laughs> I've just got so many side hustles. Yeah, <laughs> main hustles. <laughs> yeah, hustle. Just, just hustle, hustle. yeah. <laughs> yeah. My grandma, um, I was kind of explaining the podcast to her the other week, last week, and she's, she said she listened to our trailer, Serena, and she said, I just, I don't understand what you're talking about, so that's that. <laughs> but it's fine. It's definitely a thing. Like my, my parents, well, actually, my mum more so. My mum's on Instagram. She's, she's down with the kids. But, like, my dad, he would always be like, to be honest, I know, I know what you're doing is cool but I have no idea and if anyone asks me I just say she works in PR and I'm like what I don't, I don't even work in PR it's not even related he's like I know but it's just more a tangible thing for people to understand like otherwise I'm just like I don't know she takes pictures and puts it on a social media yeah mm-hmm, sure I love but then that. he gets excited I think the only, first time he realized that Stay Wild was like a legitimate brand was when it was in the times he was like oh 
Oh, wow, it's in the Times. Okay, you're an actual brand. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. None of the other stuff. Yeah. But okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I say that he's very supportive. It sounds like he's not. Yeah, but they, they, you're right. They they do need yeah. they yeah. our parents' <laughs> generation need to have things that they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be concrete in. It's funny. So okay. Stay Wild Swim mm-hmm. creates sustainable swimwear from regenerated ocean plastic. It does indeed. That's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. What inspired you and Zana to do that? kind of a bit of a long story so when it was about three years ago I went to Bali um just like when I found myself in Bali no I didn't I went <laughs> for like two weeks and I went into a little swimmer boutique made friends with the owner I was like chatting to her kept like seeing her around and I was just like I loved all her pieces I was really inspired by what she was doing and then I we've I found out about the material um it's called Econile and through Adidas, so I was working with Adidas on a campaign. They sent me the trainers made from recycled ocean plastic. Um, and I was like, this is really cool. And then it was, when I was in Bali, it was like almost clicked. I was like, I wonder whether you can make swimwear from that same material, because it's such a nice story, like from the ocean, created into swimwear, which is then like for the ocean. Started doing loads of research on the material, on whether you could use it for swimwear, on factories and all this stuff. Then was like, this is a beast. There's no way I can actually do this. And I just parked it. And I'm like, that's a really lovely idea, but I don't know enough. Haven't got time. Haven't got the expertise. And then cut a long story short, Zana, who I'd known for like six years, I think we went on her first press trip together. Like we'd kind of kept in contact and she tweeted like, Oh, I would love to make something like a, do something from regenerated ocean plastic or have a product so I just slid into her DMs and was like, hey, I haven't seen you in ages. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I've actually been thinking about doing swimwear. I've got loads of research. Like, if you want to chat, I can, might be able to give you some advice. And then we, we decided to go for brunch. And um, I basically had a pitch deck ready for her. I was like, so, that brand you want to start? And I was like, this is all the research I've done. This is my idea. And we'd been chatting about swimmer before and she was saying, oh, I'd love to do something like that. So I basically pitched her. I was like, this is what I want to do. Do you want to be involved? And she was like, well, this is, that's kind of what I want to do anyway. That's pretty great that you trusted that she'd want to be part of your process rather than Mm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I basically ideas, said, is... if you've got an if you've got a separate idea, that's fine. But I can give you some advice of some of the factories yeah. I found, like very oh, open to nice. it. But then she was like, "Well, you've obviously done a lot of research, and we'd known each other for quite a while. We both knew we had like a similar work ethic, and it kind of just you knew snowballed." You were good humans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just knew it would be fine, and also I know how committed and like she's a workaholic, like in a good way. If I'm going to partner with someone, like I need someone who's got her work ethic, you know. Um, and it kind of went from there. We decided just to outreach to some of the factories, outreach to the material. And I don't know what happened. It just blinked and here I am a year later. <laughs> I'm like, when did we make that decision to actually do it? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that's what happened. That's a bit of backstory as to And a bit of a geeky question Go from on. that. How the hell do they turn ocean plastic into fabric? It's always the most asked question. Like we do pop-ups, people are like, how? I don't understand. So we partner with a company called Econal. They are based in Italy and they have a team of fishermen and divers. They go out and they collect all the ocean plastic. They bring it back to their um, material-specific factory. It gets broken down into its original fibre um, so, and then it can be re-spun into material which can be used in swimwear. It can be, it's really multi-versatile. Is that what multi-versatile is? And it can be used in carpets. It can be used in other not just swimwear, like loads of things, which is really great. So we partnered with them and then we get the material from them and then we do all the production here in London. 
Does that still blow your mind that they can do that? Yeah, it's crazy. It's so cool. And I think what's crazy is it actually feels exactly like normal swimwear. People are always so baffled. They're like, I want to touch it. And they touch it. And they're like, oh, it just feels like swimwear. I'm like, yeah, I know. Which is mad that more people don't use it. Mm. So I'm like, why would you not? It has all the benefits of normal swimwear material, but it's better for the planet and you're utilising a kind of ocean plastic waste. So why would you? And it, there's like some crazy stat. And I, f- I feel like, maybe don't quote me on this, but... To, you, to make a swimwear using, like, Econal, the material which you use, as, like, compared to if you were to make it from a raw virgin um, fabric, it's something like 50% less carbon emissions or maybe wow. more. I probably should have fact-checked that before I said it, but it's right. a huge percentage more, so it's just, like, it just makes sense. Yeah. You know? I love that it's, like, from the ocean back to the ocean. <clears throat> yeah, it's a really nice. Story. It has a nice narrative, you know? Oh. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Um, I've been following you for a while. Oh, you have? And I have sort of seen your Instagram grow from being like a lovely place of plants and branches. (laughs) And plants and avocados. Just looking fab. To this whole story of starting a business. And it's been something that I've been fully invested in. Yeah. And I think the way you're really real with your followers and your audience about how difficult mm. having a business is and you're not like, oh, yeah, I just did this thing and it, and it came out like you just said, you blinked and it happened. <laughs> I think there's a lot of grafting has, yeah. that has gone into that. And, yeah, it just it just tells everyone that businesses don't just happen by themselves and the success is down to, to hard work. And I... I want to ask you some things. Go on. <laughs> I want to know what has been the hardest part of starting a business. Oh, God, so many things. I think what's quite funny about starting a business is everyone says, like, it's such a roller coaster. When you have, like, highs, they're, like, the best highs, but the lows are, like, super low because it's, like, your baby, the thing you've invested in. So when I, like, look back at the last year, it's been, like, an absolute roller coaster. Like I've had some of the most stressful times I've ever had. Um, and then I've had some of the best moments like of my whole career. Some of the lows, oh God, I feel like some of them I've like blocked out my memory. <laughs> um, I think it's just been such a new journey, like figuring out the lingo, figuring out how it all works. Just like I'm trying to think of so many, but basically the beginning of this year was super stressful because we obviously um are learning as we go and there's so many parts of working with factories that I didn't really realize the the financial side if I'm being really honest and I talk about this a lot on my Instagram it's like no one really talks about the financial strain of starting a business like you put in all your life savings well that's what I did and that's like what would go towards your mortgage your house and then you realize that your financial like side of things is not enough to make the business grow because of cash flow so say a say a, um a stockist they they order an amazing amount of pieces and you're like oh this is great and you go in blindly and naively like yeah it's amazing and but then they will only pay once the material once the pieces are with them whereas the factory need it up front. So if you don't have the cash flow, you can agree in the contract and then the factory's like, okay, so we need 100 grand. And you're like, oh shit, I don't have that. Um, so I think there's just a lot of things which you're just not prepared for in the business. Um, I didn't realise how much it was going to take over my life in terms of, 
I think you don't ever really think, oh, I'm going to start a business. I'll have a really good work-life balance. It won't affect my friendships. It won't affect my family. It won't affect anything. Whereas in reality is you have to sacrifice a huge amount. Like I basically not had a life for the last year. I've had to say no to so many things. I've had to borrow money from my parents and I'm like, I'm 27. I feel like, a, like you feel like a kid having to do stuff like that. And then it's that stress of will this stuff do well? And it's just, I think it takes over your your whole being like I don't there's not a moment when I'm not thinking about stay wild and I'm so invested in that that's even stuff like customer service or someone messaging or like someone's stuff getting like going missing in the post which has happened because we had never really worked with kind of couriers in that way and then you're so stressed and then you lose sleep and yeah there's like there's been loads of highs and lows but I just think the whole process is just a huge um investment of your time and your energy and I wasn't quite prepared for the sacrifice and I'm really glad that we've done it but it's been a bit of a shock to the system (laughs) basically I haven't slept for like a year people are like how are you I'm like uh okay I'm fine (laughs) yeah and it's really worth it um and like for what we've achieved but you can't just go into business and be like, oh yeah, I'll be fine. Like it won't take that much of my time. It's like, you've got to go in and realize that unless you're willing to sacrifice a huge amount of stuff, there's don't do it. Mm. You know? And if I'd realized like those moments when I was like, why have I done this? I don't like, this is the worst thing I've like life choice I've made, but I am really, I, I love my business and I'm really glad I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so on the flip side of that, what's yeah. the, the sort of the biggest skill you've learned that you've like, didn't know before or you can take away and be like yeah now I've smashed that Mm. like I'm great at doing that um lots of things I think in terms of skill set my skill set's improved massively like there's so many skills that if if the business closed tomorrow say that happened I know that I have a huge amount of skill sets which I could then bring into my like kind of day-to-day life whether it's running a startup business just in general learning about profits margins learning about stockets learning how it works when you're forecasting for the year ahead things just things like how factory lingo works Mm. so it's just like a whole other language which you have to learn which I had no idea even the lingo that you're talking now yeah (laughs) but like my first few factory meetings we sat down I was so naive and they'd like ask me all these things have you got this have you got this and I was like I don't know what you mean you know I have to like google it like in the corner be like what what are they talking about um so yeah the huge amount of basically learning a whole new language <laughs> and when things do feel really tricky and you have those moments where you're like what the hell have I started mm. what inspires you to keep going and what what do you kind of do to keep yourself from going to a place of burnout and like what have I done? Yeah. Um there's a lot of stuff which inspires me. I always said when we started I always wanted the business to be something I'm really proud of so no matter what happens I always want to be say it could close tomorrow and I could look back and be like this is the best thing I've ever done and I always want to feel like that about the brand I want every decision I want to be able to fully back and be really proud of every single bit we've done and when people like message us saying it's the first time I felt confident in a bikini or this is the first time when I've looked at the pictures of like women and I've seen myself like represented and stuff like that and like the girls that we use as models being able to like meet all of them and like hear their stories that for me just makes it so worthwhile um and that makes it like the journey so worth it you know but then in terms of switching off I used to be like I'm so balanced and then I started business like oh my god I have no balance so I'm trying to regain it a little bit I think one thing that really helped with me was reading so I was always a big reader anyway and I found 
reading was my way of switching off and kind of escaping into little worlds. So I now implement stuff like I read every night before bed, even if it's like super late and I will read a few pages because it just helps my like brain just like settle. And that has been like the biggest game changer, just reading more. And I know it's like, you have to just find your thing, whether it's like exercising, whether it's cooking, whether it's, I don't know, whatever your skill or hobby could be finding that and just implementing it regularly like I always make sure I see my friends even if it's not as regularly as I would like I see them like every few weeks once every two weeks or whatever um but yeah reading for me is definitely one which I have Mm. put in also you know what's actually been a really big game changer I turn my phone on flight mode at 10 p.m and then I leave it on flight mode overnight and I get ready and I like do my skincare and I have a cup of tea and I relax and I don't turn it off flight mode and I was doing a panel with someone and she said that she did this. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Because I used to wake up. First thing I would check was my phone. I'll, I'll admit it. It's very mm-hmm. bad habit. And I would just see all these notifications and like emails because I used to leave it all on because I'd be oh. like, I need to see if like the customer service side of things, if anything's gone wrong, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd wake up and I'd immediately my, my heart would be racing and I'd feel so stressed. Whereas now I wake up and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I go and do my own stuff and then it's like once I've kind of got myself into a good place I'm like oh three two one and then I (laughs) take it off aeroplane mode and I'm like I can tackle the world now have a cup of tea I'm fine so that's been really helpful Natalie is a a very kindly segued into healthy habits Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just answered the next question you did you did you answered a big question so your healthy habit to us was reading reading um I think exercise for me it doesn't have to be like go to the gym and lift weights it can just be like go for a walk in the park um it can just be like walk from meetings to meetings like as long as I can move and I think losing that balance at the beginning of the year and I was I stopped going to the gym I stopped doing pilates and I really felt the like kind of difference in my mental health so reading some kind of movement and yeah socializing yeah airplane mode Gin and tonics, what? Gin and tonics, but with you on that one. I think the exercising thing is is actually it can happen to a lot of people when you when you are being being really busy when you're having go through a really busy time. And for me, I if I'm really busy, I've got a really busy week. I think I can't justify working out or going to to a yoga class. And I'm like, gosh, no, I can't do that because I'll feel guilty about it. But actually, that hour or however long away from what you're doing is probably the most beneficial for the rest of your day. Yeah, and you'll 100%. plan your day a little a little better. But the minute that. you get busy, it's the first thing you drop. Yeah. yeah. If you've got a busy day and you're like, ah, oh, I need an hour of time, you're like, cool, cancel the gym. I'm not going to go. Yeah. yeah. Sit down with emails. That's why I got a dog. Now I have to walk every day. (laughs) Maybe that's what I should do. Yeah. Forced to get out of the house. (laughs) I have no choice. Exactly. I think we'll we'll come back to Stay Well Swim. Mm -hmm. But just on the topic of reading, what are you reading at the moment? Oh, well, can I give a bit of a backstory on reading? Because I want to talk about my books. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little plug. (laughs) Um, So obviously I was talking about reading um, as one of my healthy habits. And I was talking a lot about on social media because... I openly talk about the stresses of running a business, talking about how reading helped me a lot. And I was reading so quickly because I was like, I need to read. <laughs> so I was reading like a book a week at the beginning of the year. Then I would see my friends for brunch. I'd be like, can you bring some books and we'll swap? And then I kind of started saying how I was swapping with friends. And then a few girls messaged like, you should make this a thing. I'd love to come along. Mm-hmm. I've got so many books. And then I just put out that I'm having brunch here. If anyone wants to come, 
come bring some books we'll swap them like no pressure it's not an event whatever and like 30 40 girls turned up oh, I was like wow. oh okay um and then since then I've now run a monthly book swap club which is a community of girls it's normally about 30 and each month it tends to be a different location some of them have been partnered with Facebook some of them have been a supper club um this month I'm running one with her, the fashion rental mm. at their pop-up. And then what's really great is we all bring books, which we have already read, and then you get to swap them. And for me, I was like, they're just going to sit on my bookshelf. And it's really nice to be able to give it to someone else. But I love this book. It really, like, I don't know, it, it's going to stay with me. I want you to experience that. Mm. And then you get to swap and you hear each other's, like views on that book and it's just such a lovely experience and it's there's always wine there's always cake there's always chocolate and it's just like we everyone just sits down and reads and at the moment I just read three women oh I've just read that as well no, I wanted to read that no swap it with me I could there you go is it mine um or did it no it is mine okay we'll do a swap I think I've inspired given to, I've given it to my friend at the um, moment because one time. of my best friends Daniela she um, was looking at all of your recommendations and she'd buy the books and then she'd tell me about them. Oh, so your words got around more than you know. Oh, there you go. Your recommendations. Okay, so I'll give you three women. And I'm going to find it. something that I like to swap with you. Great. Mm. I love this book swap idea. Yeah, it's really great. It, it's such a... I, re- I really love it. It's like the best thing I've ever chosen to do because if I'm honest, I don't actually like events, putting it out there, just because I just... I actually would prefer to be at home with a cup of tea, <laughs> you know? And I think when I first started, I was like, I don't want it to be like an event where it's like formal. I just want it to be like a group of girls, really interesting conversations about books, about all sorts. And it's very relaxed. Everyone has a glass of wine or whatever they want. And it's just become like, so, and the same girls come back and everyone's conversations are so like intelligent and really great. And it's like a little community and it's so good. And they, they do it so well, like, they sell out within like a few hours most times and the fact that like I've been hosting them with Facebook has been incredible yeah, I, don't, I don't really know why, what's going on there to be honest <laughs> but there's just such a lovely group of girls and I just I mean not only girls I had one guy one man turned up he came in yeah, the door yeah. and I was like are you here for the book swap club he was like yes I was like oh welcome yeah you know? great I mean it's so not exclusively it's not exclusively women, women but it just seems to be more women want to go but I just yeah I love because it just means I always have a load of books I always have a massive pile of books and often it'll be books which I wouldn't buy in a bookshop myself so I'd see them and I'm like oh I wouldn't probably read that but maybe I'll give it a go and then sometimes I turn it turns out I really love that book but I never would have read it normally mm. so I'm reading all the like you cannot see I talked about it when I was away saying this is what I'm reading and I had so many people being like this is the best book I've ever read really it's really nice I have, I have not that far in I'm only like a few chapters in um and then I've got like four others at the moment which are on my bedside table <laughs> <laughs> I always read yeah I read a lot so every time I turn up to books I'm like everyone can bring one and I turn up with like six <laughs> like arms full um and what's the your favorite book you're sort of going oh. to I love this question. It's really hard because I'm like, oh, depending on my mood, what genre, I don't know. Um, The book that's touched me the most in the last two years, I would say, is A Little Life. Mm, I knew you were going to say that. I feel like I knew you'd read that and I've also read it. I just love it. Like, again, really, it was one of those ones that's just, oh, God, it's traumatic. Oh, yeah. It's, like, harrowing. 
but it just stayed with me. And then when I finished it, I like mourned the book was over. <laughs> it's like, I can't, I'm so sad that I haven't got it as part of me anymore. And I feel like, I feel like <laughs> I just invested so much. And I remember reading it and having like, it's like visceral reactions. You'll be like, oh God, like just, it was amazing. It was so good. It, oh, yeah, I, I was reading it <laughs> one night. Like it? <laughs> I was reading it one night in bed and a specific moment and I just closed the book, like burst into tears, like, yeah, sobbing. My boyfriend was like, what's happened? He was just lying next to me and I was like, the book. Oh, no. I just had to sob for about five minutes and then I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back in. I can't, uh, it's, it affected me so much. But it's like one of those books where if someone's going through, I don't know, if they're not uh, feeling like, I don't know, they're going through a rough patch mentally or anything like that, I'm like, don't read it yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those ones where you have to, I made my boyfriend, I made my boyfriend read it. I was like, you have to read this. And he read it. And afterwards he was like, yeah, it's great, but what, what did you just put me through? I was like, I'm sorry, but you should read it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's been, I think it's just one of those ones where when you read and you finish it and then you really miss it. I think that's been the one for me that I've missed the most. I'm going to read it again, but like give it like a few years maybe. So I forget kind of the bits that happen and go back. It's an investment in time as well. Oh my God. And also in your like bag space. Like it's the heaviest book in the world. And I had it on the tube every, like if if I went anywhere, I had to change my bag so I could fit it in. But I was like, I'll make this sacrifice. Yeah. I was borrowing my friends and I like ripped it to pieces I don't know how so I had to buy a new one <laughs> like blowing your nose on the pages because you're crying so much yeah. Yeah, so your book swaps are every month yeah kind of when, I'm, when you feel like it when, when I can have yeah. the time to organise like, I took a bit of time off in uh, August and September I think because things were so busy with Stay Wild um, but I have actually got November, December, January, February March planned so yeah and we're gonna come to one of those yeah Yeah, I do yeah I've got some really nice ones coming up um they're really cute it's the best thing I've done like I don't earn any money from them like they're just there because I I feel really fulfilled after I do it Mm. and I leave and I'm like oh that was so great that was (laughs) lovely yeah it's really lovely I have so many questions for you I don't really know where to start (laughs) (laughs) actually this is one this is like less of like an inspirational one and more of a practical question yeah I keep seeing and reading about guppy friends everywhere. Yeah. What is that? Because I know you sell them. Yeah, we were... I think is it called a guppy friend? Yeah, yeah, I think this is a fact. We were the first UK stockist of them, I cool. think. Yeah, so when we were doing the research, we knew there's no way you can be 100% perfect. You can't be 100% sustainable as a brand. We wanted to use the material. We did loads of research. And one thing that came up is when you wash... Um, like recycled nylon, but not just recycled nylon, nylon, which is in so much clothes. Like basically when you wash a, like a huge portion of most people's wardrobes, it releases a microplastic. So, which then gets washed and it goes down through the water systems into the ocean. So when you're putting stuff in the washing machine, you, if you put our stuff in the washing machine, not that we actually really recommend you do that, but people will, it will release microplastics. And that is an issue. And we, like it actually stalled us launching for quite a while because we were saying we want to do this but we also don't want to contribute to Mm. the issue so we were doing loads of research we found out about guppy friend we spoke to the founders they just launched we were like can we stop you and they were a bit like and it like took quite a while for us to persuade them no uh potentially german 
I should okay. know that. Um, we had like, a few calls with them. We're like, this is what we want to do. And then they agreed to let us stock them. So what happens is it's a bag which you can wash your clothes in. So you put your clothes, not just from wear, like T-shirts, like lots of basically anything made which has nylon in it. Um, I think it might be just nylon, potentially something else. But we have... We have a load of blogs. We have like six blogs on it. We talk about it loads. But you put your clothes in there and you wash it and it captures the microplastics and therefore it doesn't go through into oh. the ocean. So then you can dispose of them, whether it's through the bin or like a way which means that that isn't then getting washed through into the ocean. is just like a preventative step. And it's something which we would recommend anyone who buys our swimwear, but not just for swimwear, for like everyday washing, like I wash all my clothes in it. Really? Because it's like within there, there might be something, because I don't read every single label of my mm. clothes, which I've had for like six years to see what it's made from. So it just, it's not difficult. You just throw it in a bag, put it in the washing machine, and it just means that you're preventing that. And it is, we have, we have so many questions on it, but we have got like a really comprehensive guide of one, how to reduce, um, like your clothes releasing them like whether it's how you wash them whether it's you wash them hand wash because the kind of the machine washing where it's like so fast it's like the fabrics are being like bashed and rubbed together so therefore it releases it so in like more of a hand washing situation it's less likely to release mm-hmm. even in swimming because you're not like like scrunching mm-hmm. up your fabric you know so there's like a, there's lots of steps you can do to reduce like microplastics and um, is it visible when you when you do the clothes mm, washing yeah not like huge it? but yeah it's, you can see it Wow. Really? Yeah. And should you then recycle those plastics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But it basically just means that in if you left, if you didn't use one, it would go to, into the water Straight system. Back. Right. And probably not great if then that's going into the water system that we're drinking. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Lots of stuff goes into the water system. Don't want to think should, about yeah. it. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it's, and it's a really interesting thing. And it's like one of those, it's, you have to admit that we, if we weren't to talk about it, we were like, we have to be open that this is actually our swimmer could contribute to that. But we have got, we have got this solution. We also rec- like we're raising awareness of it. And then people who read our blog can also look through their wardrobe and go, actually, I should be using this anyway. So you're mm-hmm. allowing people an alternative and by our stocking, we always promote that you buy our pieces with them. And like, I'm not saying that's the perfect solution, but if it, if we were to have a, a perfect solution swimmer brand, we wouldn't have a swimmer brand, basically. Yeah. You know, because we wouldn't make products at all, mm-hmm. but we are trying to make more sustainable products. So therefore, we need to offer people um, a more sustainable way of washing their clothes. Gosh, it's, it's a vicious cycle. It is. But if we can do something to make those changes, yeah, then... and they're really, it's really clever the washing bags i think they might be the only ones but there are maybe there's another brand out there but they're the guppy friend washing bags are the best ones you know i think i have one and i haven't used it i didn't know what it was <laughs> no, <laughs> no you know most people don't Most people are, i don't get it what do you do like so that's why we had to write like this is how to use it this is why you should use it yeah. when we first started i had no idea about them when we were doing the research and then we came across this whole subject matter on like a sustainable forum about microplastics and we were like and we were like oh what we're going to do we don't, we don't want to contribute towards that but it's interesting because it just means that we have that educational part of our pieces that's why yeah. we have a blog that's why we do weekly blog posts on how to make sustainable swaps or what's a bioplastic or what's like the best way to compost in the city what's the best way to do xyz whereas it's just like easy to digest information which is not which is just kind of gives a bit more of an informative element to our yeah. brand um you touched on talking about 
the use of different size models, mm. which we both love to talk about, wouldn't we? What was the sort of decision behind that? Because yeah. we're so pro that and I think it's so great that you do that. Yeah. How did that? Uh, it's funny because it wasn't really a conscious decision and everyone says, like, it was it a marketing thing? And we were like, no, because I just think you should. Mm. Like, it shouldn't be a oh, what we're going to do is be really great and show a curvy model. It's like, well, we want to show the women who are going to buy our swimwear. So when we were planning our first shoots, we said, okay, well, if we're going to sell this size to this size, we should show those models from this size to this size because then whoever's going onto our website will be able to see what that swimwear's going to look like on them. And I think it's really important because the amount of times you go onto a website and you think, oh, that would look amazing. And then you look at it and and it's on this like, seven foot long amazonian looking woman and you think i don't know what that's gonna look yeah. like on me and then you, yeah. you get it and you put it on and you think oh, it does not look like, like a potato yeah <laughs> so <laughs> therefore i think to make a, a more kind of a brand which makes more it just makes more sense like someone said to us the other day oh are you a body positive brand and i was like Yes, but I wouldn't label it like that just because that's what you should be i just don't get why brands i know it's maybe it's like we're it's a bit of a blanket statement, but I'm like, I just don't get why brands don't do that. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah. It's not a difficult decision just to make sure you're showcasing a variety of women. And it's really important to us that you can see what it's going to look like on you. And like, there isn't just one type of woman. So why would you only show one type of woman? And like, no matter who you are, you should be able to identify some, like your body shape on there, what it would look like. It just, it's just logic to me. It wasn't really like a, we're going to be really progressive. It's just like, of course. that's what you should do. Like, yeah. come on. Like, you know? Yeah. So therefore, that's do what we do. Do you think that, did, did it set you aside from other swimwear brands who were doing similar things because you were, show, you were making it more available to I definitely think women. it added something. It was, we didn't think that that would be such a big talking point. Whereas when we launched and we came out with our first load of photos, people were like, this is amazing. And it was, yes, it is, it is a really crucial part of what we do, but I don't think we, we thought people would talk more about the swimwear and then people were like, Oh my God, the campaign imagery. So it's like, <laughs> and now of course we think about it. Like, and then I will have a conversation with a girl and they'll say, I haven't seen, we had, we were speaking to someone um, the other day and she was like, she has a shaved head. She was like, none of your models have shaved heads. I was like, okay, do you want to come in our next campaign? Like, that's cool. Like then, cause I'm, I am now more aware of the impact that that has. And like, then the women who message us saying, my daughter's got social media and I really worry about the fashion brands that she follows. But I'm really happy with her seeing and viewing yours because you don't photoshop the fact that she can see cellulite she can see stretch marks because Mm. she can see a girl who's had scars she can see like there's kind of for us it's important and I don't think we realize the importance now I I get the importance and I am very aware of that we do have a bit of a we we need to tell the stories of these women you know we need to showcase it but it shouldn't be a marketing thing it should yeah. just be because you want to do that as a brand and I think that's why we did the open casting call so when we first, well, for all of our model campaigns it's all been open casting through social media so we just put up a picture and say if you want a model for us apply and we get like 700 800 applications wow. every time and so every single person who's ever modeled for us has been through that 
and that most of them, some women have had modeling experience, some women haven't. Some women are like work in a shop and they'll come and bundle for us. And like, that is absolutely fine. Mm. And it's really important that it's like an include, it's a brand that for us, it doesn't really feel like me and Zana. It's like us and then our social media audience is like our third member. Yeah. So the therefore, community. yeah. And we communicate with them. We get them involved in our decisions. So why not get them involved in the modeling? So then they can see themselves, you know? I felt a bit funny about even asking you about, I mean, I don't want to say plus size models, like normal people yeah. models, yeah, yeah. because I was like, this shouldn't even be a thing that needs to be like, oh, like, well done you, you've yeah. used normal people. Yeah. But then I think it's really sad that it is. And yeah, like, I think that's really telling that that's something that people have commented to you so much about when, as you say, like you didn't even consciously decide for that mm. to happen. It was just what happened. Yeah, it is, it's definitely rare. I think it is becoming more normal and you do see brands, you see high street brands do it now and they show a variety of mm-hmm. size models. And I think it's, it just means if we can be a small part of making awareness that that's what you should do as a brand, that's a positive step in the right direction. And if, if we can showcase the most kind of, as much of a variety as possible, then it might, we might, we have lo- loads of other brands who follow us. They might see that and go, oh, maybe we should include or like um, maybe we should do a more open casting call. Maybe we've seen brands who have said we've been inspired by the models you used. We have therefore made sure that we've used a more diverse load of models. And I'm like, if we can be part of that kind of ripple effect, not saying that we're the only ones that do it, there's lots of brands that do it, but if we can be part of that kind of change to making it more normalised, I think it's a really good thing to be part of. Yeah, absolutely. Any tips for anyone wanting to set up their own ethical sustainable business and yeah what it, what would be your advice to anyone who's who's thinking about those things I get asked this question so much and I'm always <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> I'm like I am no expert um there are definitely a few things which I wish I had learned or wish I knew at the beginning but I think one thing that is really crucial is that it's never going to be the right time to set up a business ever you're never going to know enough you're never going to have like done enough and I think there's such a preconception that you you need to have studied in that area you need to have had certain amount of years of experience and it's like the longer you put it off I think sometimes I think it's just better just to give it a go start somewhere and you hear about so many brands that you work for years to get to a certain point. So I'm like, just that I wish that I had started it earlier because I was, I thought I didn't know enough. I thought, oh, I don't know, in a few years time, I'll do it because I have more life experience. I have more of this experience. But I just think, just give it a go. Ask around. Like if you don't know, there's going to be someone else who does. And I think what's been great with Stay Wild is we've had such a community of people who outreached to us and offered their I don't know their insights or xyz I emailed people just said like I love what you're doing have you got any tips I, I was very proactive at the beginning of like speaking to the right people and I just think yeah utilize your community like know where your kind of gaps in your knowledge are and try and find someone who can potentially give you advice on that mm. um save money I also think there's a lot of um idea that you can just start a business but the truth is you need to have cash flow behind you. you whether it's your life savings whether it's I don't know stuff which you've been saving for years or you put it aside I think it's really important and I 
would always recommend that at the beginning to have little bits on the side because it takes off that pressure because so many like the pressure of starting a business and the financial side of things can be eased a little bit if you have a few other revenues of income mm-hmm. which just means that it's less this has to work or I will lose my house you know kind of thing so for me I made sure that I had a few different streams of income but yeah just make sure you have enough of a starting pot and again I don't think money and business is talked about enough and I think people need to be aware you can't just start a business well it depends maybe you can <laughs> you know but in terms of what we were doing the product we needed to have that yeah behind us understanding excel and <laughs> numbers it really helps it really does like as much as like I'm not very good at it I think it makes or breaks a business like the financial side of things understanding the accounts understanding that side of things and it's a bit of a nightmare but that is a basis of a good business there's so many elements of starting a business and I think none none of us really know what we're doing but they are some kind of key things which I think are quite important and understanding that I think understanding that whatever you do at the beginning is not going to be perfect and it's going to need work and it's always going to be evolving and changing. Mm. So then it's like less pressure for like first time, first thing we release has to be amazing and perfect. So like just start it. You might not, it's not, just might not be quite there yet, but it will get there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Thank you so much for your time and all your knowledge. Thanks for having me. Thanks for of feeding course. me. I'm going to some fudge now. Yeah, we're going to yes. dig into the fudge. Um, yeah and we're going to pop all of Natalie's details in the show notes so you can go and treat yourself to some lovely swimwear yeah yeah. and come to a book swap club and come to to book swap club (laughs) thank you so much Natalie thank you so much Natalie for coming on Kitchen Club I know Natalie's a really busy woman Serena so it was very lovely of her to sit down and chat with us and have some food it was very insightful I hope you've all learnt lots If you want to make the delicious tabbouleh, hummus, tapenade and chocolate fudge at home yourself, then I'm going to post the recipes over on at Kitchen Club Podcast. Remember to tag us in your pics when you make them so we can see all of your beautiful creations. Thanks so much for listening and can't wait to see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.